Shoulder of Orion is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more about joining our Patreon, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. Um, to get today, uh, my guest is Peter Tyndall, and he worked on uh, building K-Spinner. And we recently just did a big spinner episode, and um, I met you by accident. I think I added you and because I saw Dark Crystal something, and I know yeah. you have some connections there. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I actually worked on the spinner for 2049. I was like, oh boy, okay, this is probably an interview. So uh, Peter and I have been talking. He was just recently in California, seeing the sights. There's a lot to see. Um, But I just want to sit down with you. So I want to thank you for coming on and sitting down with me and uh, talk to you about what that was like and um, how, how did that process, how did you get involved in that? Uh, Well, first of all, thanks very much for having me. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, um, I've been working in the British film industry for a few years now and the, uh, there was rumours flying about that 2049 was happening and, and everybody, of course, you know, been, been fans of the, the original were mm-hmm. clamouring to find out who was doing what and where it was being filmed and, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and it just, it was just by happenstance that a friend of an old friend of mine who I'd worked with on uh, Batman Begins many years ago, he uh, he mentioned that this friend, this mutual friend, was going to be running. Originally, going to be running the mold shop to make the molds of the um, the case spinner. So we had lunch, and I just kind of put it straight out there. You know, if you need anybody, here's my number. Give me a call, kind of thing. And at the end of lunch, he said, "Right, well, I'll I'll get in touch with you with your start dates." And that was it. It was so you know, sort of excitement and panic set in and all that kind of stuff. And and within maybe two or three weeks later, I was, I was in the, um, in the workshop at Pinewood Studios near London, um, looking at this massive spinner, just kind of sat there waiting to be finished and molded and cast and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was it really. I just I just put it out there that I am, uh, you know, it's, it was a massive team. You know, obviously the spinners were quite complicated, so we didn't just do the case spinners. We did uh, all the flying cars that were practical in the in the show. So we did the um, the limousine, which is a pivotal scene at the end of the film, that kind of stuff. Um, so I was just a tiny part. So I just got to say thank you to everybody that was there. Robin Schoonrad was my boss, and uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, before we get into case spinner, there is of course the rep the uh, in the film Deckard and Kay are running towards a spinner mm-hmm. from 2019. Did you guys build yeah. that one too? The the one that explodes. Yeah, 
Yes, we did, yeah. yeah. So, what was that like? What was that process like? Well, for me, um, ever since I remember seeing the film for the first time, the thing that, and I think it's the same for a lot of people, the thing that really stuck out for me was the, uh, the original Deckard spinner. And it was just so beautiful. And for years, I've been looking at model kits of it and that kind of stuff. So to get the, op- the opportunity to build something from the original film was amazing. I mean, I, I didn't really have that much involvement in that particular project because there were so many other cars being built at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I do remember it being in the workshop and I remember thinking, man, that is just, that's the original. A lot of changes, actually, when you look at the original design and then you look at the one that, that gets blown up in the film. There's a lot of changes towards the back of the car. You know, some some of the kind of accoutrements that stuck to the car were changed, that kind of stuff. But it was amazing. I mean, that was the... That was quite late on in the in the job, and it was a very very quick turnaround. But um, you know, to see it in the workshop was just yeah. I think sometimes you get a bit blasé when you work in the film industry. You know, you kind of as brilliant as it is, you have to keep reminding yourself of what you're doing, and and sometimes it's really difficult to do that when you're working on a new film. But when you see something like you know Deckard Spinner sat there and uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Yeah, it's one of those reminders as to why you love what you you love and why you're doing what you're doing. I, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was the process, for instance? So day one, you're working on. I know you you built many. So let's just talk. Let's just start with K spinner. And K spinner is very different than the limousines, which were very refined, sure. very nice, yeah. very obviously they feel expensive. But K's is far more rudimentary. It's far more industrial. Like, yeah. what was day one working on that? Are you are, are you a part of a team where you guys are going in and you're like, okay, we're doing this part today? Or what was, the, what was that process? Well, when we arrived at the, um, when I arrived at the workshop, there was only a handful of us there to start with. Um, the, the spinners had already been designed. The design had been nailed down, and uh, we were actually waiting for um, a full-size case spinner to come back from uh, a company that was CNCing the, the whole car out of foam. Um, so when that arrived, it was like a giant model kit. So it came in high high density polyurethane foam, uh, and we had to put it together. So we glued the whole thing together, and we put metal pins through it until eventually we had this full-sized case spinner up on a on a large kind of um, custom stand really um, and then from there on in there's a lot of um, manual work you know to kind of finesse it get all the corners sharp get the get the thing accurate get the the side so so basically we ended up making the car as finessed and beautiful as if it had just come out of the showroom uh, the next stage from there was then to to break it up into individual parts and keeping the car together physically but to to mold it in so many parts in fiberglass uh once the fiberglass mold was made then we had to pretty much destroy the original spinner to get it out of the mold mm-hmm. and then uh from that mold i can't remember exactly but i would say there's 20 or 30 parts to the mold so when it all went together we could climb inside and fiberglass the um the, the shell of the car and that came out of the mold um, yeah, and then that was handed to the uh, me- mechanical department. They started fitting the door mechanisms. They started putting the chassis in there. 
all the electronics and the lights and that kind of stuff. Um, while that was happening, we were manufacturing all the lens covers for the lights. Mm-hmm. So they were made 3D printed and then molded. They were all cast in uh, clear polyurethane resin with tints in. Um, yeah, so there was a lot to do. Everything on the car, apart from the tyres maybe, everything was manufactured for the car. So it was all, you know, engine parts obviously were off the shelf, but it was all put together for the for the, for the car itself. So. so it could physically start. There was an engine. Yeah, there was two cars. Um, there was one which was built, case spinner particularly, there was one that was built for to go on um, gimbals, you know, so when you see uh, Ryan Gosling in the car driving it, it's on a big gimbal with cameras attached to it. Uh, and then there was another one which was drivable. Um, so it didn't, you know, it wouldn't break any speed limits or anything like that, but it would, uh, it was, you could drive it around the studio and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. So was were, were each model, even the one that was more of the hero model, the one that he, they photographed inside, were they exact replicas of each other or was one a little bit bigger so you could get a camera in? How did that work? No, they were exactly the same. Exactly the same. Oh, so, yeah. um, uh, you know, windscreens would come in and out, doors would come off and on, that kind of stuff. But uh, they were identical. They came from the same molds. Um, so at, at one point we had um, a spinner or two spinners just sat there looking beautiful. And then, and then the job was to then, you know, take it to the art department and get it painted. So it looked a little bit dirty and falling apart, that kind of stuff. And also when, uh, when the car crashes in the film, mm-hmm. one of the, the, the front right hand pod, I think it was. So we made the car with the pod. We could remove the, the side panel. So we made it with an intact pod to start with. And then we also, um, model made a smashed up dented pod which we then molded and made a separate panel so we could you know fit that on separately uh but yeah there was just two those there was just those two cars um for the case spinner um and then again with the other cars we did those as well and uh so a lot of your work after the molding of it and the was it just interior detailing it making sure it like everything like so you're essentially building a car Yes, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of departments within our um, uh, within the company that we were working for. There was a lot of departments, so we were technically the mold shop, but we were manufacturing everything uh, to be molded. So all the seats, the seat cushions, uh, the dashboard, the parcel, everything. Uh, and then there was the uh, mechanical department that looked after all the kind of special effects things, like the mechanics for the doors opening. Uh, all the electronics within there. Uh, there was an art department which would look at painting and weathering, that kind of stuff. Um, I think we even had an upholstery department because all the seats needed to be covered, particularly with the limousine, because that I remember they were um, they were covered in white leather or kind of vinyl to look like leather. So I think there was maybe an upholstery department. We also had companies coming in. I mean, to make the windscreens for the spinners, they're not off the shelf, so we had to have the windscreen CNC'd, like a negative of the windscreen CNC'd in foam. And then uh, we had a specialist plaster company came in 
and they created plaster tools to be sent off to a company that would then vac form the windscreens in in thick plexiglass. Um, yeah, so when they came, they when the the windows came, it was fairly nerve-wracking um, process putting the windows in and I, and I believe one of them when we pushed in it just cracked a little bit down the top but that kind of added to the uh, the weathered nature of the uh, weathered nature of the car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were there any changes during that process at all were they like hey we're hearing this or that we need to do this yeah yeah, yeah. We um, there were only quite small changes. I remember we had um, a three D printed, two three D printed cars. We had a small one that we kind of looked around, and then we had a slightly larger three D printed car that we were sort of working from. That was our go to thing. But every now and again, there'd be a slight change in an angle here or an edge there, or you know, a corner there, or the door would slightly change to make it fit. But it was. It was mainly, uh, I remember, mainly practical changes other than um, aesthetic changes. It was mainly for practical reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't with the cars when they went to Budapest, so I believe there was a lot of shenanigans went over in Budapest with things being changed and chopped and that kind of stuff. But mm. from our point of view, it was more, yeah, it was more technical reasoning behind it. Um, it was very difficult to, even though. The cars were CNC from a digital model. Um, there were still kind of um, discrepancies between the left, left and the right. So when you looked at the car face on, uh, you could see that one sill was higher than the other. So there was a lot of filling and shaping and sanding, and then that would have a knock-on effect to other parts. And uh, but yeah, the changes were mainly um, technical. Okay, so uh, more personal when, and maybe this is not how you work, but. When you're those days where you're you're coming in and you're working, are you thinking, my God, like I'm working on a blade on a spinner for a Blade Runner film? Do you're thinking of those things? I know you probably can't let yourself think too much about it because you have work to do, but emotionally, what's going on in your head? Oh well, for me, I mean, I came into the film industry quite late. Um, I'm 50 now. I came into the film industry when I was 29, something like that. Um, so for me, it's still exciting. Every job that I work on is still exciting, but particularly the big jobs like, you know, Blade Runner, The Dark Crystal, that we're not allowed to talk about, but, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you walk in um, and there it is. It's, I mean, you can't help but get excited. Mm-hmm. There are some old-timers that just do it as a job. You know, they, they come in, they do the job, they get the pay. But there's still, for me, it's still exciting. Yeah, there's still a sense of wonder. Now, uh, again, more about, were you a fan of the original film? Not to start with. When I watched it <laughs> when I watched it originally, I think, uh, I don't really know what I expected. Um, visually, it looked fantastic, but I didn't really get it. And, and, and the style that it was shot in were quite long, slow images interspersed with quite energetic action sequences. And I kind of... I don't think I really enjoyed it, but then when I got older and I thought, you know, I'll give it a try, and, and I watched it, and it was amazing. It's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful film. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even, you know, it's not even the, the, the look of the film. It's the, the sound, the premise, the acting, the, the even the diet, you know, the, the narration, everything. It's just, um, yeah, it's a great film, and I still go back and watch it 
once every couple of months now. So, yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, so, 2049, as, as I'm sure you've seen it, how, you know, with the work that you've done on it, and, or, but, which before we get to what your thoughts are on the movie, how long was the process of your work on the spinner and your team's work on the spinner? I think uh, it was around about five months for me, oh, wow. and I think it was for building the cars, and then obviously they were flown over to uh, Budapest or shipped over to Budapest. Actually, they went on trucks. Um, so yeah, so for me personally, it was about five months. So it's quite a long job. Usually, you know, working on a film, it can be anything between uh, two months to you know four or five months it's unusual to get work that long but um yeah it was about that kind of time hmm. um so these were eight hour days oh no i mean we we're looking at 12 hour days oh wow easily. and it was during the height of summer and you living over in the states in california is mm-hmm. that where you are now mm-hmm. um you know our summer is like one of your coldest days but for us <laughs> it, we're working in a big temporary workshop at Pinewood Studios that acted like a greenhouse and it was so hot huh. it's so hot it was uncomfortably hot so everybody was down to you know t-shirts and shorts and wet towels around the heads and we were drinking you know eight liters of water a day but sweating nine liters out kind of thing so it was really uncomfortable um, and particularly seeing as you're using fiberglass a lot, and there's a lot of kind of fiberglass particles in the mm. air, your body is itching, yeah. and you stink of glass, and you stink of resin, and it's, oh, it's horrific. But at the end of the day, you're working on Blade Runner, so you still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, still, everybody had a smile on the face. There's a photo of you and the team in uh, there is. That, that you shared with me, I think, or that I think you shared on your Facebook page or whatever, with all of you guys sitting around the spinner. That's a pretty yes. big team. All those people worked on these cars. That was that was just a tiny part of the team. That was, um, yeah, that was, there is, there is somewhere lurking about, there is a crew picture of all of us, and it was an official crew picture. Um, because the company that I worked for went through some problems towards the end of the job, uh, we never quite got that crew picture, so one day we'll we'll get it. But yeah, I think on that picture there's maybe fifteen or so people. But in, on the original crew picture, there must have been upwards of a hundred people. Oh wow! You know, with engineers and three D printers and model makers and art workers, and you know, we had a lot of um, juniors coming in to do a lot of the kind of sanding, you know, the horrible boring sanding work and and that kind of thing. But that was just. Um, yeah, that was just us in the in the mold shop, if you like. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a big crew. Yeah. Um. So the the limousine spinner was, was yeah. that people might think it, it seems less detailed, but was it more detailed than the the the, the K spinner? I think I think with the limousine, I think the problem or the issues caused by the size of it, really, because the case spinner was about the size of a normal, maybe a bit longer than the normal uh, estate car, maybe. Um, so it was manageable. But the, case, the the limousines were around about 35 feet long and 12 or 15 feet high. Um, so the physical size of that was was just unbelievable. And of course, that came as a polystyrene part but because it was so big we couldn't put it together to finesse it so we molded everything and then finessed the uh, fiberglass coming out of that uh, so from from the outside point of view it was fairly 
simplistic from a design point of view. It's quite round and you know blobby. The the problems with that were the size of the windows and the the size of the lens covers for the uh, you know the coloured lens covers for the lights. Um, but also just the sheer size and weight of it. I, I believe that when the doors were fitted, the side kind of gullwing doors, uh, they were a, just over a ton each. So the mechanics to build that for the doors to open, um, yeah, I think the the limousines were the were the last ones. They were the ones that were the ones that everybody was scared of because they were so massive. I mean, we had one mould that sort of eight or nine of us could stand inside that one mould, oh, so wow. and that's just one panel of the car. So, yeah, they were they were massive. And then of course all the seats and they caused a lot of headaches, a lot of late nights, a lot of problems. And then I believe on set they caused a few issues as well. So. Um, yeah, but to see them on the film, it's just like, wow, I can't believe that's what <laughs> they look so great because it was just a nightmare. Even trying to get the colour and the finish, you know, they were all, um, they weren't painted, they were vinyl wrapped to get that kind of metallic sort of pearlescent E finish to them. But trying to get the right uh, vinyl and then trying to get the, trying to get them wrapped in time to go over to Budapest, it was, um, yeah, a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. But it, um, so, but there was also another spinner as well, I think, or a couple more, one, whereas the guys who pull into the, the big building in Vegas, which mm. isn't the limousine spinner, um, how detailed was that? Cause you don't really see much of that in the film. No, we did. I, th- I believe we did. Uh, let me see. We did five different spinners altogether. We did K spinner. We did the um, let's call it the Deckard spinner. We did the limousines. We did the bodyguard spinner, which is the one I believe you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then we did Love's spinner, but we only did we did the exterior for Love's spinner, but we only it, the only the interior was detailed. It was meant to be shot only from inside, and then the rest of it was digital. Um, I think the one. Are you talking about the one where it kind of comes through the window yes. and spins? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, yeah, we did one of those for that, and uh, it was. It wasn't a working vehicle. It was, all, you know, it had all the metal sort of chassis and all the interior and everything like that. Um, that sequence actually in the film was done practically, and uh, it was a German company, I believe, that was brought in to build the whole rig to fly the car in and spin it round and land it, and then all the all the uh, the mechanics hanging out at the bottom of the car and the floor and everything was digitally fixed mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah that was the same process in fact we we uh, got the car in polystyrene this time the original case spinner was done in high density polyurethane foam um, but then the subsequent cars from that were done in polystyrene so it was a little bit low uh, lower resolution I suppose if you want to call it that and then we moulded that and made the fiberglass versions from that. So, um, but yeah, the same, not not as practically difficult because of what it was being used for. I think maybe in the film, that's all you see, the, the car we built. The rest of it's maybe digital. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was lovely actually. I really liked the design. The square pods at the front were fantastic on that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and again, the symmetry, uh, the, the, the continuity between films, I mean, we know what we're looking at. Even the limousine, it's a spinner. It's not like, oh, look, yeah. it's a different car. They really, they really look, you know, it's, yeah. you know, uh, uh, 
hats off to the design crew too. You know, they they yeah. just really kept the Blade Runner aesthetic to them. Um, so you've seen the film? Have you seen yeah. it more than once? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah. think? Um, on the first, on my first viewing, I was watching it just to see what we'd done. So mm-hmm. I kind of blanked out to the rest of it, which mm-hmm. is a bit um, narcissistic. Is that the right word? But uh, self-indulgent, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I watched it again, and I absolutely loved it. I just loved the, you know, it's it's set however many years in the future, and and, and uh, I know there's been a lot of talk on the internet about oh it looks so clean compared to the original, but you know they're trying to make things better and tidy it up and. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole, um, oh yeah, it was great. I thought Ryan Gosling was fantastic. It was great to see Harrison Ford back in there and just the colour palette that was used. And yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Loved its pieces. Yeah. Do you have a favourite moment from the film, maybe? Or maybe a couple of them? Well, I, I quite like the, the junkyard, uh, you know, where Ryan Ryan's car um, crashes and there's all that kind of thing in the junkyard. and Trash Mesa, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Um, I, I really like the, the limousine sequence at the end. Uh, it's really got me on the edge of my seat, mm-hmm. biting mm-hmm. my fingernails, and mm-hmm. it just it just goes together. You know, it all fits together beautifully. It was edited and shot really well. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to choose any one. I can choose one prop, which I really liked in the car, which was the the little hand. Uh, you know, the one. I don't even know what it's meant to be. Was it making dream, uh, making memories for the? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that prop was outstanding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole film was fantastic. Absolutely. Music was great as well. Yeah, it was, it was great. Like, yeah, it's, the film is, it's, it shouldn't have been made, meaning it's so good. It's just, they just really yeah. did a, an amazing job. And uh, again, you know, there's a lot of people in fandom. There's a lot of people who are huge fans of the spinners, people trying to get their hands on replica models and everything. So <laughs> hats off to you guys and the work that you did. It's really, really amazing. Are the spinners now? Do you know? Not a clue. Not a clue. I mean, the company that I used to, that uh, prop shop that I worked for making the, the cars. I believe they used to often um, have the uh, make to lease contract where they would make the, the the props or whatever, and then they would lease them to the company and then keep them afterwards. Um, sadly, prop shop is no longer around. I believe the. I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the cars. Uh, showing up at various um, screenings or you know premieres, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, who knows? Maybe somebody's driving them around somewhere. I <laughs> well, I hope they're being kept well so that I can see them one day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll be. Uh, yeah, I mean they were built pretty well, so I'm sure they'll be around in a museum, maybe or some archive at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm going to stop the interview there. Thank you so much for. Um coming on and talking about this uh, we've been talking about spinners for a long 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 time they really yeah. they're part of the atmosphere of Blade Runner as you very well know and yeah. uh, it's great to get a, a just a kind of a moment or a few moments into the the process of constructing them because mm-hmm. we see them and we're like oh they're so awesome but you most people don't think about the hours and hours and thousands of hours that go into yeah. 
building something like that. find out more about Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast, please visit us on our website at www.perfectorganism.com. Shoulder of Orion is available for listen or download through Apple iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. If you'd like to join in the discussion, please join our official Facebook discussion group, Fields of Calantha, a Blade Runner discussion group.